Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Here we go! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. You're listening to episode number 487. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show is Mr. Bob Ryer. Hey, would it be okay if I quote Batman in this episode? Yes. Joey Bercino is here. My man! My man! <laughs> Aaron Amos. I'm moving in very slow motion. Why? Why are you moving in slow motion? Because <laughs> of the Snyder Cut. I'm no, tell everybody. Way. Why? Why? Why can't you move? Because 10% of the movie was in slow motion. Oh, Jesus why. Christ. He got a dog. <laughs> There's a puppy in my lap. There's a puppy oh. in his lap. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, John Burkle was also here. <laughs> can't wait to talk about Flash and his friends. Yeah. <laughs> Flash so. and his friends? Yeah, Flash was the, the whole star of that movie. Oh, I thought you said flashing his friends. No, 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 it that is, comes later. <laughs> it is an R-rated Snyder Cut. I'll save that for number 500. Oh, boy. Thanks. Oh, boy. Before before we get to anything, before we tell you what's going to be happening on this show, I just want to say that very soon there's going to be a birthday in the building. Is that not right, Mr. Bob Ryer? Yeah, it's Gloria Steinem's birthday on Thursday. Oh, he always does this, this guy. He, he always, always do does this. it. He's always Bob, my man. Bob, my man. Bob's birthday <laughs> is coming up. And I just want to say on the show beforehand, very, very, very happy birthday to you, Bob. Thank you very much. That That is lovely. Thank you, everyone. You're very welcome. All right. So what do we have here? We have a podcast. We have a loaded loaded podcast this week. We're going to be going through our lightning rounds pretty fast. And then we have some news that we're going to cover. There's some pretty big stories going around this week. We're going to hit those really quick because our main event for this show and for the for the majority of it, I'm guessing, is going to be reviews for Marvel Studios is The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. The first episode dropped on Friday. We're going to talk about that a little bit. And then and then, finally, at long last, you asked for it, you got it, Zack Snyder's Justice League, we are going to review the four-hour excursion that was, that is, Zack Snyder's Justice League. We're going to talk all about it a little bit later in the show. Get excited. All right, I'm going to talk to you about some comics. You ready? Give me lightning. <laughs> Just a damn on your face. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Carmen, number one story in art by Gila March. Death has come for Kata. 
And she's got cotton candy pink hair and has raided Phoebe Bridgers' closet. Anyone? Anyone at all? No. No. Heathens. Anyway, Kata is dead, and Death, who goes by the name Carmen, has arrived to escort Kata through a parallel plane of existence. Kata has lots of questions, but Carmen seems reluctant to give her too many answers on account that Kata's head might explode if she knew the full truth about her circumstances. Is this a Christmas Carol-like story where Carmen is there to show Kata her past, present, and future? I have no idea, because Carmen number one is more about character development and high concepts than it is the plot. That's not to say that there isn't one. There totally is. If I'm even if I'm not aware of it yet, but damn it, I can't wait to read the next issue and hopefully find out what the hell is going on. Here come the adjectives. This book is exotic, tasteful, existential, dreamy, striking, incredibly gorgeous and mysterious. Uh, Amidst all the madness, it teaches its audience that you shouldn't judge people. You don't know their story. Even though I forget my, I forget this myself sometimes, I do appreciate the reminder, especially when it's delivered through an incredibly intri- intriguing yarn by uh, Harbingers of Death with great fashion sense. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Proctor Valley Road, Phoebe Bridgers, look her up. She's nominated for a Grammy. I don't know if she won. I can't remember. Proctor Valley Road, number one, written by Grant Morrison and Alex Child, illustrated by Naomi, Naomi Franquiz. Colors by Tamara Bonvillon and letters by Jim Campbell. August, Riley, Jenny, and Cora need $8 plus a tank of gas, excuse me, to get to the Janis Joplin concert. And all they've got is $1.50. They're willing to work for the money, but when thievery, chores for the elderly, and kisses for a dollar don't net them any cash. Duping a group of hormonal male teens into investigating the urban legends of Proctor Valley Road will have to do. There's only one problem. What if the stories are true? What if they're hungry? Ba 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 bum. I had a lot of fun with this book. I love the concept of urban legends coming to life, and I immediately took to the four main characters in this story. I felt their uh, bond with one another right away and could totally relate to their plight of scrounging for concert ticket money. I have been there. Fun fact, I once paid over $1,000 for four concert tickets to Tool's 2001 free seminal performance for Lateralis and Hammerstein Ballroom. It was front row seats, first mezzanine, and it was still to it is still to this day the best concert I've ever been to. In my life, the guy that showed up at my house to deliver the tickets was like in his 80s and was outfitted with an oxygen tank of all things. <laughs> it was very tool. He pulled up in my driveway and I was like, what the hell? He's like, I deliver these for my son. And I was like, oh, my God, your son is a terrible person. Uh, Naomi Frank was his artwork is youthful and cheerful. It conveys a lot without a ton of detail. It's got very effective lettering, this book. And the colors seem to become more saturated as the story gets darker and scarier. The facial expressions are great and very evocative. Uh, Unlike some of Grant Morrison's other titles, I found this one to be, I I comprehended it pretty well. And uh, so I'm excited to see where the story goes. I I walked away from a Grant Morrison book and was like, hey, I got that on the first go. Yay me. Uh, Those are my books. (laughs) The end. Shows a damn. Uh, John, talk to me. 
Uh, I remember reading, I, it, it's been a couple of weeks now, but when I read Carmen, I was like, what is this? It, yeah. it, it made no sense, but it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was, it was interesting. Uh, March, his artwork from Batman, it, it's, it's not the same vein. It has a different feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. and then the, the, yeah, the existential study of life and what is going on and, yeah, not much plot yet, but I'm I'm intrigued to see where this goes. I'm going to stick this one out. And then Proctor Valley Road was just fun. I mean, that just was like 1970s Scooby Gang and monsters and just yeah, it was it was not Grant Morrissey at all, uh, Morrison at all. It was Morrissey. Freudian, Freudian <laughs> very Freudian. Yeah. Oh yeah, my God, I, mean, I want to Photoshop that now so bad. <laughs> Suede head and uh, all that, but um. No, I just I, I, like you said. It, it's Morrison sometimes tries to out outthink the reader, and this one just felt very accessible and and in the vein of a lot of other stories that have been out there recently. But no, I I enjoyed both these books. All right. Uh, Joey, did you put your name next to my books and then take your name away from my books? <laughs> I did because I want to talk about Falcon of the Winter Soldier and 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 Snyder cuts. So I, what was I going to say? Yeah, Killer March, Carmen, that was a trip, and Grant Morrison, <laughs> Proctor Road, uh, also that a was trip. a trip. <laughs> I wasn't here last week because of polar bear internet. You lie to everybody about what you took happened. On all of Canada. Was I wrong? Yeah, well, how it was just Canada? the city, not all of Canada. Thank you, John, for being willing to meet me halfway. Give me some of your thoughts on my books. Thanks for reaching into the memory banks. No problem. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to John only. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, anybody? You know what? I'm not even going to ask. Um, Bob, do you have any thoughts about my books? No. Sorry. What about you, Aaron? I did not get a chance to read them. Sorry. No, you're both on the list. <laughs> John, let's uh, stick with you. Talk to me about Justice League number 59. All right. So Justice League number 59 is writers Brian Michael Bendis and Ram V, art David Marquez and Zermonico, uh, mm-hmm. colors Tamra Bonvian and Rom- Romulo Fajardo Jr., Letters Josh Reed and Rob Lee. So this is Bendis's first issue. Bendis taking over the iconic DC team, and it's all right. Um, it, if there was ever a need for a double issue this, or an extra size issue, this was it. Um, it's not awe inspiring. It's not like an engaging first issue. Um, it, it has like a. Re- I, it's it's just. Um, you start in uh, Kandak where Black Adam, who is still Black Adam, he's not Shaz Adam. Oh, come yet. on. Come what? on. That's terrible. Well, it, it's going to happen. Okay. Um, Infinite Frontier has told us it's going to happen uh, until the Rock movie comes out and they change it all back. Anyway, because I guarantee they're not going to release a movie uh, with named Shazadam <laughs> and have everybody out there going, Shazadam? All right. It's The Rock. He's beautiful. We're in. Um, sorry, too deep. Anyway, it's you, you, <laughs> I'm just really trying to prolong this because I know Joey's seething because he just wants to talk about Justice League, the movie. Um, it's just you have a very uh, classic redundant villain named Brutus who invades. The Justice League shows up. Um, 
they they defeat the villain and then Adam kicks him out of the country and then they're at the Hall of Justice and they decide that they need different voices and different membership and so eventually I think this is going to expand into a, a, a one of Bendis's big books and they'll probably release a second Justice League book because he always likes to have two books going at the same time. Uh, I'm not going to sleep on it because, you know, Bendis's Avengers and Bendis's X-Men are two of my favorite runs in the modern era. Um, I just think that this one could have used a little bit more. David Marquez's art was, was fantastic. Uh, I hope he's around for quite some time. And then you got the Justice League Dark in the back. And really, the Justice League Dark should have their own book. Um, but you got mm-hmm. Constantine and, and Zatanna on a romantic night out. Uh, I kind of forgot that they were uh, dating because it's been a while since I've been in the JLD uh, area. They're, Constantine's. this is a great date. He's taking her to uh, a place where there are two prophecies predicting that uh, an angel and a demon will meet here. Um, and lo and behold, they were right. And it introduces an ally that we thought was dead from the future state. Um, it introduces a villain that was also part of future state. So I was kind of surprised that justice league dark is seemingly building toward, um, that, that, that publishing initiative. So maybe there'll be more ramifications from, uh, the justice league dark, uh, future state than we know. And, uh, in my opinion, it was the superior story, even though it was less pages, uh, it was more engaging than Bendis's beginning. And I'm done. Cool. All right. What are you uh what are you gonna do if they bump that sucker up to six dollars in some time? Uh, I'll probably stay with it, but I'll have to drop other books. Mm. Uh, I mean that's the that's the crux of it. I mean, like we were talking offline, if Batman goes up to six dollars, I haven't not bought a Batman book since like nineteen eighty two. But then yeah. there goes there goes like a, a a smaller, but like if the like Young Justice or something like that that was coming out, I, I'd probably drop it to keep Batman because uh, I'm the completest in me. Right. You know? Right. Yikes. DC Unlimited. Yeah, that that's true. No, <laughs> DC, DC Infinite. Isn't it? I know what it's called, John. <laughs> <laughs> Have um, uh, speaking of Shazam. Uh, are you up to date on the DC East stuff? Have you been reading those? Yes, I did. I read all. Of I love those. The the little um the little digital infinite books. Yeah, yeah, they're been, so been, good. They are so funny. Hope's End or whatever is it? I think it's yeah. Hope's uh, World at Hope's End. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I love that. I love that storyline. I'm gonna be honest. I like DC East better than I like Marvel Zombies, and I I just had a ton of fun with that. I caught up on the whole. Yeah. It's like that corner uh, on DC um, yeah. Unlimited Universe the other day. And, yeah. uh, it was Tom great. Taylor, that was great. I mean, that was just him and Trevor Harrison in the main book. And then that, mm-hmm. yeah, that 12 issues, was it biweekly? That was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, that's yeah. just, I hope there's more of that, but I don't know if there will be after the way the mini ended. Uh, speaking of Shazadam, I actually watched the Shazadam movie for the first time since theaters the other day on Sunday. I have to say, I misjudged that movie. I enjoyed it a lot more on my second viewing. So, hoping for the same thing to happen when I rewatch Wonder Woman 1984. I think don't you hold might. your breath. I think, I, think you, I think you might. 
I'm going to have the conversations that uh, we had for that show in my head when I watch it again and see if I enjoy it anymore. But I, we popped it in the other day. We were just like, let's give it another shot. And I thought it was very charming and very funny. And it just, I don't know what mood I was in the day that I went to the theater to see that movie, but woof. Uh, and it looks great in 4K as well. Uh, some of the effects that I did not care for. I don't know if maybe we had a bad screen, if things were out of focus, but the sins looked a hell of a lot better on our TV. You hated, than they that. Did you hated that before. Maybe they, I really did. Maybe they fixed uh, it in post-post. <laughs> I really did. I That was a movie that when I first saw in the theaters, I felt like I had seen everything in the trailer. And then being away from it for a while... Uh, I loved Freddy. I thought he was great. I forgot how how incredible Darla is. Mary's awesome. It's a really it's a really good movie. It's a solid movie. It's moved up my uh, DCEU rankings hmm. uh, quite a bit over uh, over the last uh, two days. Well, maybe we'll really get David it. Sandberg cut too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the one the one where they pan up and show you that it's not Henry Cavill in the Superman suit. <laughs> I just love that everybody thinks that every DC movie now needs a director's cut. Well. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, Aaron, are you good to uh, talk about a book? Sure. I, I literally only have a book. So yeah, All right. good to talk about it. So I'm going to go back and talk about Thor number 13. Speaking of lightning, go. There you go. There you go. So it's part five of the Prey storyline. And as you recall, we had the... Return of Donald Blake, who is yeah, not really in the best mood. Donnie Cates, Nick Klein, uh, not really in the best of moods. He was kind of annoyed after finding out what his purpose was uh, as given to him by as he was created by Odin himself. Uh, and he's been on a little bit of a, a rampage. And that last uh, we saw, he was wreaking some havoc at the world tree, which was going to have we assume was going to have some some impacts, some lasting impacts. Um Thor sitting helpless, as we thought. Um, it's left to his friends to essentially figure out what to do after Donald Blake essentially tore through the majority of them. The only one sort of still left unscathed, uh, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, who sets out to find Mr. Odin himself. Uh, so we start with that storyline. They have some words. Odin ends up on the floor. <laughs> you know, Valkyrie may have given him a nice right hook. All that jazz. Uh, and then they set about figuring out what to do next. Um, again, Donald Blake is psychotic. This book is interesting in that you can't – it's, it's a difficult place to be in because you want to assign Donald Blake the role of 100% villain, I mean in accordance with the story. But when you really step back and put yourself into his, his, his shoes, you kind of see why he would – be on this sort of murderous rampage after realizing that he was created for the sole purpose of being an alter ego to someone. And then after that, someone decided not to really focus on that alter ego. Eh, he's just going to sit there in his limbo world and go crazy for, you know, decades and decades. But at the same time, he's wreaking havoc on the people we've, we've learned, to, we've grown to love. So Donnie Case is really creating this, this interesting sort of pull in the storyline because you don't want to root for him. But 
you kind of you can't really 100% root against him, you know, in that sense. No one's really coming out of this unscathed. Everyone sort of, even though we know who our heroes are, our protagonists are, they all have a role to play in what ended up here. So, um, in the end, we we find out there was this unintended aspect of a uh, unintended result of chopping down that world tree, and it sort of a created an opportunity for our hero that ended in this space that I thought was, I don't know, it, it certainly lock me in for whatever's going to happen in the next issue. And so we, we, it's a, it's a bit of a cliffhanger, but probably the coolest of cliffhangers. So I'm excited. It's going to wrap up this storyline. Another thing I'm enjoying about Thor right now is that we recognize that, you know, obviously it's a continuing story, but you're getting arcs as opposed to a, you know, a 40 issue story. So, you know, I, as much as we all love the, the previous Thor, um, I appreciate that this isn't, going to well at least i don't believe it's going to drag on forever the art i think is amazing i think it's perfectly suiting what we're doing here uh the the shots of don blake's rage is it's perfectly illustrated um as well as his shock and his uh sort of awe at what transpires towards the end of the book so i i i, I would say if you're if you want to see thor in another life you want to see and an interesting thing is this really isn't thor because thor is hardly in this 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 arc after a certain point but if you <laughs> want to see an interesting story story that almost doesn't include Thor, but <laughs> speaks of his history. Um, check it out. I think it was a good story. So that's all I got. That sounds cool, man. I'm still confused. <laughs> I can hook, I can say to what, what's confused. Uh, well, well um, there's there two different people. Okay. What would the person that Thor was in journey into mystery 83, Don Blake in a cave, stone men from Saturn, blah, blah, blah. Odin created that character to teach him humility. And it turns out that that is there is uh, there is a Don Blake and that's who this story is about, a real person. So somehow in this reality, yes, there was Thor. I I cuz I see the point you're making, but apparently there was Thor and then there was Don Blake. When one was present yeah. in our reality, well in the 616 reality, the other one was sort of in this made up reality that Odin it- created. It's kind of like Captain Marvel and Rick Jones. Okay. Slams the mega bands together and yeah, go. yeah. And then where where Don Blake was was like this idyllic, almost like Happy Days esque environment, and it drove him insane. And it's like when he realized something happened, something clicked mm-hmm. along the way, where he became aware of where he was. I don't know if it was the. Um, the, I can't remember. Wasn't it the um, War of the Realm stuff? Yeah, somewhere in, in there, he he realized that he's basically just Od- Odin made him, and he has no real life of his own. And it just made him insane. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. And so he's it's, he's pissed. It's been a really good story arc. Gotcha. Sounds crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's about to wrap up though. So. All right, Thor. Uh, we have breaking news. Anybody want to hear it? Sure. Yes. Do we have a soundtrack for that? Do we have a... Breaking news. Shazam news, as a matter of fact. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. The villain will be played by Helen Mirren. Why not? Helen Mirren is going to be playing Hespera? If that's how you say it, the daughter of Atlas. Okay. In the sequel to the box office hit, blah, 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 blah. Great. So there we go. Helen sounds, Mirren. Sounds like a Classing party. up the joint. 
I thought you'd play Beauty Sivana, but that's just me. Hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. Does anybody else want to talk more Thor, or should we move on to Bob's books? All right, Bob, go ahead. Okay, just just because it may be hard to see, I just want to say up front that my lightning round will be in desaturated tones of brown and orange. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> go ahead, Bob, okay. whenever you're ready. Okay, I'm just waiting. Um, Abbott, 1973, number three by Salman Ahmed, Sammy Cavella, Matia Iacono, and Jim Campbell. Finds Elena Abbott recruiting help to save her girlfriend, Amelia, who's been taken hostage as leverage against her reporting on the upcoming election. With some nicely turned touches of backstory, we're getting into some really deep water in this. And just as the first series was, it gets better issue by issue. Next, Captain Marvel number 27 by Kelly Thompson with colors by Triona Farrell, letters by Clayton Cowles, and art by returning Captain Marvel stalwart David Lopez. Carol is back home, very much back home, as she has shut herself off from everyone as she tries to process the emotional trauma caused by what she sees as her failure to do enough while in that post-apocalyptic hellscape. Uh, These feelings have also caused her to break off her long-standing relationship with James Rhodes, so enter Jessica Drew, concerned for her friend. She entices Carol into joining her in a mission to battle some giant monsters in Central Park, and when that only makes things worse... She arranges a girl's night out to take Carol speed dating. This issue is certainly hilarious, but also quite poignant. And with a killer cliffhanger that had Kelly Thompson reassuring fans on her Twitter feed, no less. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Certainly big kudos to David Lopez, whose art was always able to nail all the emotional beats in his run with Kelly Sue DeConnick. So absolute perfection here. That's it. Yes. I saw... Kelly Thompson having to defend some of her plot uh, choices yeah. and her her character shiftings, and uh, that sucked. Like it stinks that you can't just tell your story without having to incur the wrath of you know whoever. Uh, I really enjoyed Captain Marvel number twenty seven. I thought it was really funny, and I'm totally into the story. I have been from the beginning. I think she has a tremendous handle on the character, and you know it's ups and downs in terms of emotions and whatnot, but it's a good time. It's yeah. a good time. And it's her first chapter in this little arc. People are up in arms early. They got the pitchforks and torches out, but we'll see. She made <laughs> some really good points about the relationship between Carol and Rhodey in that as the second, third, fourth, or fifth lead, he would be in a Carol book. It doesn't serve him well either to be a plus one. Mm-hmm. So unless yeah. do a mini series that is the two of them a bat cat sort of thing, you're into a story that doesn't serve him well either. So until we get to somewhere better, um, and really so far in the relationship with Carol across both Kelly Sue's run and now Kelly Thompson's, James's best moments are both insane goodbye. Hmm. Um. Look, there are a lot of great movies like that. Casablanca is about goodbye, repeatedly about goodbye. <laughs> so let's go for it. Here's looking at you, kid. <laughs> you know, I, I still have never seen that. Oh, I stop. was. Uh, I I am not on the Twitter anymore. I deleted all social media Ooh. from my phones. 
I don't know what you're talking about with all of this <laughs> Kelly Thompson stuff. Oh, what is is this going to be your new thing now? <laughs> I, I will tell you though, I did not like the little. Uh, I did not like the the moment at the end. I was oh. like, I was like, girl, don't, don't do it, don't do it. And then she did it, and I was like, I don't like this one bit. I imagine it's just in service of the arc, and and we're taking it down the cover for the next issue, kind of, you know. Yes suggests uh, 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 let's say a, a, a very interesting setting for the next uh, uh, few few issues in the same way that issues what like 10 to 14 the last Avenger story gave her a new suit and a crazy story to do too mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I agree again I don't have the context for, for Kelly Thompson's comments there I don't know if I agree with Rhodey's kind of uh, lack of being serviced by being a part of a Captain Marvel book um, because now he's in no books. Uh, he is showing up in Cantwell's Iron Man kind of as a, as a damsel there a little bit. Um, uh, but he, but I, I, I understand the story purposes for Carol being like, you have a daughter in the future and it's not mine and blah, 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 blah. But I do feel kind of unceremoniously that 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 relationship was kind of unceremoniously like put it, put to the side, and mm-hmm. in both in both Kelly Kelly Sue's and Kelly Thompson's, it's a it's a relationship that like I wanted to see develop, but I don't think either Kelly's had any interest in developing, which is not to fault them. It's not the story they wanted to tell. It just makes me wonder like why such a interesting relationship was set up and then not executed on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope, and I imagine that this relationship that's set up at the end of this issue is just a fling and it's set up for the upcoming arc. Um, But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I I didn't, I, I, I didn't necessarily, I didn't find it that, um, didn't vibe with me necessarily. Love the love the artwork, love the book, but that ending, I was like, "Girl, don't do it." Uh, well, that's part of what everyone should be saying because we all know what's what could that could lead to. We've seen that other character do some not so wonderful things over the years, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, honestly, to me, I think Captain Marvel, the book, Cross's most successful runs, has been more about Carol's friendships than her relationship. Any yeah. one of them that she's had, so it's more about she and Jessica, more about. Uh, Helen Cobb, and, and uh, even in the past, sort of thing, and certainly with Tracy. So it is it is an interesting thing that people have tried to juggle this supporting cast through all these years and never quite gotten enough page time for the Rhodey Carroll thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, all all good points. Let's see here. Do we want to move on to the news? Sure. sure. What about my lightning round? You don't get one. Your internet is out, Joey. <laughs> yeah, your internet is out. All of all of America is out. All of New Jersey is out. Hawkeye spin-off series about Echo is an early development for Disney Plus. Oh! Show centered on Echo, a deaf Native American character who will be played by Alakwa Cox. In the Hawkeye series is in early stages of development at Disney+. Plus. Variety has learned. Exclusively from sources, blah, blah, blah. Eden Cohen and Emily Cohen are attached to write and executive produce the show with a writer's room recently being assembled. 
Marvel Studios will produce a doy. So yeah, <laughs> um, Echo, whose real name is Maya Lopez, has the ability to perfectly copy another person's movements or fighting style, making her a formidable opponent in battle. That sounds an awful lot like Taskmaster. Uh, in the Marvel comics, Echo crosses paths with characters like Daredevil, Moon Knight, and the Avengers. She was also the first person to hold the title of Ronin before passing it on to Clint Barton. Ooh, plot point. Uh, in the comics, at the beginning of Avengers Endgame, Barton briefly used the name Ronin and went rogue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so cool. We're getting yet another uh, Disney Marvel spinoff series. That's awesome. Yeah. And I like the art that they got here for this character. This looks like a, uh, a McKean. It's probably not, but maybe it it's is. It's probably David Mack when back in the day. That's who I was thinking yeah. of. That's Yeah, not Keen. Uh, yeah. I, uh, you know what, with, with their two for two for me with the, the Marvel shows so far. So, uh, mm-hmm. get it done. <laughs> You're not counting the Inhumans. Mm. Oh, Bob. <laughs> wow. We were having such a good time. <laughs> Positive good note. Oscar Isaac's getting ready for moon night. Yeah. That's going to come. He's training. Soon. He's training. He's going to, he's, he's going to pull a, uh, oh my God. What the hell is his name? Uh, was it called oh, Gianni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy in the uh, Eternals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, gonna, yeah. he's gonna get. We're gonna see him in a couple weeks, <laughs> and it's just gonna be abs <laughs> for days. Uh, that's awesome. I'm excited for that. I, I'm, I'm excited for who they got for that show. But yeah, so we're getting yeah. another Hawkeye spinoff series. Is anybody else excited about this? I'm sure. very excited. Yeah, yeah. you got to figure. Am I the only one that? who's never heard of Echo? I haven't before this. Oh, okay. She was created by Kevin Smith and Joe Casada back in the Marvel Knights days. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of shown up here and there throughout the years. I, I had no you idea she was in Hawkeye. I, I know everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Um, this is cool. Yeah, it's a character I don't know. So uh, let's get to know you and watch yeah. you on your own television show. That's cool. Very cool. I like the idea of them taking the opportunity to do these series around lesser known characters. Mm-hmm. She's also you know? deaf. So that'll be an interesting representation on the show. Very, very cool that they're yeah. going to be going into that territory. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll head back to Marvel in just a second. But uh, we got Keanu Reeves. Mr. Woe himself is uh, Joey. Can you say this word for me? <laughs> you mean Berserker? No. All right, Keanu Reeves is going to be starring in Berserker. Berserker! In an an anime series uh, at Netflix based on his comic. Did anybody read uh, Berserker when it came out? No. Berserker! I heard like three different reviews of it, and they were not positive. I (laughs) I heard "Hmm." nothing good. I was like, wow. I read it. I am curious to see what they do with the show. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I think it would be better served as a, as a show. I'll tell you this though. Who's doing this? Netflix. Netflix better be prepared to turn the violence up to 11 and then break the knob and throw it into the sun because it is hands down the most gnarly and violent comic I think I've ever read. It was insane. He was just literally punching people through the face with his fist coming back like out the other end. Um, 
it was really hard to believe, it kind of broke my heart a little bit, that Matt Kent's name was on this thing. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it gets better. I, I, I thought the art was great, uh, but it is definitely not for the weak stomached. And it was a little, it needs, it needs more story. I think if they can tune it up a little bit, it could end up being a lot of fun. But for, for, for a first issue, it didn't grab me. I think it's like 12 parts. So who knows? Maybe this will be this like incredibly violent epic by the end. I have no idea. Uh, and I do love me some Keanu Reeves. I watched uh, Always Be My Maybe over the weekend <laughs> as well. And it was stupendous. And him in that movie is just glorious. Very, very cool. I did not know. I knew he was in it. I didn't know that he actually plays like an asshole version of himself. So considering that he's a really good guy. You got to get the fun. soundtrack. That movie's awesome. Yeah. That movie is awesome. That book. That, yeah. That movie's great. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. That's the, the Berserker news. Berserker. Murderer. <laughs> and now <laughs> going back to Marvel. Black Widow is going to Disney Plus. Da-da-da-da. So uh, it is also going to theaters, but they are releasing it simultaneously on Disney Plus for 30 bucks. That's that premium pricing. It's what they like to charge for Ray and the Last Dragon, which was also amazing. One of the best Disney animated movies in a years. And a whole bunch of other movies are going to this as well. The new Emma Stone's Cruella is going to be going to Disney Plus. Luca, Pixar's Luca is actually going to be going on there for free, just like Soul did. So you'll be able to watch that if you have a Disney Plus account. And then a whole bunch of other stuff, including Free Guy with uh, Ryan Reynolds. He's trapped in a video game. Uh, the King's Man, which is a prequel to the Kingsman movies. Deep Water, I have no idea what that is. And uh, Death on the Nile, which is the Poirot sequel to uh, Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Orient Express. So that is all happening, all going to the Disney Plus, which is awesome because it gives people options. And those people that aren't comfortable with going to the theaters yet or haven't been able to get their vaccinations, this is a good solve for this. And I honestly cannot believe that it took them this long to figure it out. You have the service, use it. Even if you only use it for Black Widow, Use it. You have it. Charge you thirty dollars. I just go. It's a problem. I mean, it doesn't. Anyway. It doesn't equal out. That's the problem. Like they, they're in the business of making money. And if the yeah. movie costs a hundred million dollars, and Raya pulls in eight million dollars on in the box office, you're not making up ninety million dollars in thirty dollar premiere access fees. That's true. But so I think I think they're making rate, money. I mean. The, the subscription, right? I mean, they're they're going up in price too. They're going like the ten bucks a a month, and I don't. Yeah, well, that's what they want, right? Like right. they want those subscriptions. They want right. people yeah. like Black Widow will pull subscriptions for sure. Right. There's a pull, lot of people. It's, it's not going to pull 150 million dollars worth of. Well, no, no, it's not. But that's why they keep holding out. I think. I think what's happening is it's it's now it's now being backed up onto the rest of their release slate in a way that is going to start becoming negative. Um, right. That's the problem. Um, and in reference to Black Widow, it's also been pushed back uh, from May to July. Right. So July 9th. Right. Cruella comes out the end of May. 
Yeah. And the uh, Widow is now July 9th, I think it is. I'm super excited for Cruella as well. I love Emma Stone. And even if that movie ends up being bad, it looks so good. The costumes, the, the just the overall look of it. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it looks outstanding. So visually and for Emma Stone, I am there. Uh, and then hopefully the rest of it's good. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Like, what do you do with these Disney villain movies that you've all of a sudden decided to tap into? Uh, I guess we'll find out. And then, of course, all the other Marvel movies are going to be pushed and whatever. But hopefully, you know, everybody starts getting their vaccines and they can keep up with the stuff in the theaters to make people feel safe. And uh, we can go back to some kind of new normal at some point. All right. So is that it? Is that that's it for the news, right? Yeah, because everything else is rumory. We don't want to go too rumory. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll uh, we'll save we'll it. wait. Yeah, we'll wait for that. There, there um, were some. I don't there, think were, we have... there were some interesting set photos from the Spider-Man movie. Were there? Um, yeah, they've apparently spotted Andrew Garfield's stunt double on the set. Ooh, mm. stunt double. Yeah. The worst kept secret ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, but it had nothing to do with Tom Holland. It's not like he took the picture or whatever. But he might have actually. Now that I say that. <laughs> Oh boy, that movie. We'll see what that movie is going to be like. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I have I have every confidence that it will be. I just don't know how they're going to do it, how they're going to pull it off. I'll be very curious to see it when it comes out. I'm excited. Yeah, Wanda breaks the multiverse. It's easy. All right. All right. Let's move on to the main event time, right? Which one? Uh, let's do the Falcon and the Winter Soldier first. Okay. Um, I have a couple of uh, little plot points here, but I don't know if Joey, if you want to lead the charge on this, you were very excited earlier. Oh, wow. Thanks for the heads up there, partner. I can do it if you want. I have <laughs> stuff right it's here. Fine. It's fine. No, no, I got it. I got it. I'm going to do it off the cuff. I'm going to do it off the cuff. Woo-hoo. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, created for television by Marion Spellman. Directed by Carrie Skolgard. Did I make that up? Nope. That sounds right. That's right. Oh, nice. Starring uh, Anthony Mackie as the Falcon and Sebastian Stan as the Bucky. Um, and that's pretty much it for the first episode. It's very interesting first episode, <laughs> uh, given everything that we've seen in the trailers. It's very much the two of them isolated, doing their own thing. Uh, you see Falcon working with the air force, making some decisions about the shield and trying to settle back into being away for five years, literally away. Cause he got spoilers for infinity war snapped with the rest of them. Am I right? Hey, hey. Um, so he's back and he's trying to kind of fit back in with his family and stuff. And Bucky in classic Bucky fashion. And the reason why I love the Bucky character is trying to come to terms with his winter soldier past. Um, both characters getting more lines in the first five minutes on screen than they probably had their entire cinematic uh, uh, tenure yeah. so far, which is what's so great about these television shows on Disney plus uh, really fleshing out these secondary characters. And as Anthony Mackie said in one of his interviews uh, going into the premiere, the reason why they have to do that is because all the main characters are gone or dead. So they have to like build up these secondary characters now to take over the lead. And I think that looking at WandaVision and looking at this first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think they're doing a really great job of doing that. Um, 
we got some nice cameos in here from from some characters we love um and i'm really excited to see uh part two um as i kind of alluded to when i started here the there's not there's a couple of intimations of what the the conflict is going to be we get introduced to a little bit of the flag smasher stuff but a lot of this first episode is setting up our two protagonists and setting them up separate from each other so i'll be Mm. interested to see when their storylines intersect how they intersect and when we get some of the the villains in conflict that um the trailers have kind of promised but and this will be my last comment before passing it around the table as we learn from wandavision these shows i don't think are going to be about the big bad i think they're going to be about um certain kind of emotional cores for these characters that uh, are going to carry us through, which is really why we love all of these characters. Anyway, the kind of conflict, internal conflict and and the humanity of them all. I think Bucky and Sam, what Falcon and the winter shoulder is really exploring for me just from this first issue is like, is like loneliness and, and not having a place and trying to fit in when uh, uh, you've kind of, had your mission in life change. Um, and that's mm-hmm. exciting to me. Uh, I, I'm really eager to see uh, where these two characters go. Yeah. Yeah. Bucky's kind of being told by, um, he has a, a therapist that he's seeing who tells him that he needs to get out and he needs to live life. And he's kind of questioning what is my life after all I've done. You know, he's definitely got, he's battling some PTSD and he's having nightmares and um, there's a, it's, it's a good, you get to see like a lot of life after the blip kind of thing, uh, some repercussions from that, which I thought was really cool. You get your big action sequence in the beginning, which we'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, It's everything. It's everything that made Winter Soldier great mm -hmm. distilled into these two characters now, right? Like, like you get cap like the lion in winter soldier when steve is talking to anthony mackie uh sam and sam's like you know you're you could do whatever you want you're taking orders from nobody like what are you gonna do and cap's like i don't know i don't know what i want to do bucky's doing he's going down that same kind of plot trajectory right now the same thing with cap in winter soldier trying to figure out where his place is and who his family is and who to trust. Like that's where, that's where Sam is now too. So, and tonally and the music of it and the title card, it all like oozes that winter soldier vibe. Um, so I think they're going to the well and it's a good well, because I think winter soldier is one of the best movies from, from the first set of Marvel movies. Um, it, it feels like an extension of that in all the best ways. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah, I was it. Uh, Aaron, did you get a chance to check it out? I did, actually. And I actually agree with a lot of what you say. But I think um, I, one of the things I agree most with is that I do believe that this is not going to be about focusing on the one-dimensional nature of a big, ba- big bad sort of protagonist versus antagonist. I do believe that that will be used as a plot device. I believe that they're going to be just used, as as we said, to flush out these characters. You know, just like mm-hmm. you said, and I'm actually, and I, I enjoyed that about it. Um, it certainly left me wanting, you know, more from it. And I, but, but I also certainly felt as though I wasn't in that same space that I was in with with Wanda. And also, I felt like it at first. I felt like it was very slow, but then I realized it was because 
we had just come off of the you know the culmination of Wanda. I I really just the the I got to give it to Marvel and Disney for putting the production value into this episode. Yeah, this episode looks good. Just the cinematic nature of this thing. Just it. I, I really, really, really appreciate it. I'm actually very much looking forward to it. It gave me the the Winter Soldier vibes, the Captain America Winter Soldier vibe, um, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm looking to see where it, where it goes. I don't. I believe we are going to get the intrigue and the. It's going to take us more into that realistic world, that world of spies and intrigue and all that stuff. Um, I, I think we're going to get that. I think it's probably going to be less about superheroes and more about the politics and the, the, the social aspects of things and the emotional aspects of things and the impact of, you know, just as with Wanda, the impact of being gone for five years and trying to reconnect with your family. What does that mean for, you know, your place in the world? I think we're going to see all of those things. And then we're going to, as a treat, get the spy sort of Jason Bourne type stuff happening you know in between which i'm i'm, I'm excited about so i, I enjoyed it I, I, i'm definitely going to stick to this right nice uh bob how about you uh just as aaron i agree with everything that's being said i found this completely engaging it's hard not to be with that opening sequences which is like a cross between james bond and top gun it's really incredible but it is about these characters and they're as with the original set of movies, we got to know Tony Stark and Steve Rogers and Thor, and that carried through the rest of the movies. They were given a, a central spotlight, and now that has now turned to Sam and Bucky. And the little bits we were given in Winter Soldier and moving forward in the other films are now amplified. We get to see that sadness that, that Bucky lives with. We get to see what happened with Sam and his family, as well as the decision he's made with the shield and how that plays itself out. What is the mission of Captain America? Who should be Captain America moving forward? Who gets to make that decision? And it's those stories, uh, just what you're saying, Aaron, that's going to be where we're at. These personal, smaller stories, and we'll get the rest of that blended in as these things start to play themselves out. We have other characters still yet to really be introduced. We've only caught them in little glimpses. Much looking forward to where this goes next. Complete home run for me. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, John? I I also enjoyed it. Uh, I liked how it opened with the bombastic, you know, uh, flight scene and the fights and the helicopters and all that. And then it really turned into a study of, of Sam and Bucky who, They've been on the screen, but they, we haven't really got to know them as well as we should. Uh, I've, I found Sam's, I, I think Sam's story arc is going to be uh, pretty emotional considering he has, uh, I mean, he has his own uh, disbelief that he should take up the shield. And then you have the, 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 the financial issues. You know, everybody thinks that superheroes uh, just have like trust funds set up by Tony Stark and He's yeah. you know, trying to make it on on his family business, and then that that final scene, uh, just to see you know society completely turn its back on uh, an African American yet again. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to play out well. Um, the emotional scarring of Bucky, I think Sebastian Stan just plays that 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 just that just depression and yeah. that that kind of just vacant look that he has. 
because of all the awful things that he's done. And I hope that there's some redemption here. And then I'm really interested in the the flag smasher. Um, the, you know, just and I'm not trying to get too political, but with the extremism in our in our society today, and how let's just say less than reputable people trying to harness that and turn it into their own agenda. I'm really interested to see how that aspect plays out because of the true believers versus the people who are using the the propaganda and so forth for their own personal agenda. So I think you have you have the makings of a really good show here, and I just hope that they stick the landing. Boarding list. Look at that. I'm gonna give you a little toot toot. <laughs> I think I need about three or four beers to catch up to Joey. I'm on my second. <laughs> Is Joey drinking another bottle of wine? Oh, wait till we get to that part of this podcast. <laughs> well, we're about to get to it. All right. So that's uh, – those are our winter – fuck. <laughs> no, I haven't even got my summer fuck out of the way yet. Doing it again. <laughs> Jeez. Screw it. We'll do it live. <laughs> what have I walked into? <laughs> Uh. <laughs> All right, now that everybody's gotten their Winter Soldier Falcon thoughts out of the way, we can move on to tonight's main event, The Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut! Zack Snyder's Justice League came out mm-hmm. in uh, in that HBO Max, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that 4-3 HBO Max. Mm-hmm. To and preserve so, his original vision, as the that's title right. card says. That's right. So after lots of hooting and hollering and campaigning and being very toxic, <laughs> we got <laughs> this movie. And this has been a long time coming for some people. And so this was a really, really big deal. Okay. This was the movie that almost got away. But Zack Snyder... And a bunch of other people said, no, we want to see it. So they did it. And here we go. We're going to go around the table. We're going to do general impressions. And then we will call spoilers. And then you know what happens after that. So if you've not seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, make sure that you block off four hours and two minutes of your life for this movie. Because I'll tell you right now, it's worth it. Was that positivity? (laughs) That's right, folks. See, I had you thinking this was going to go south, but no. I definitely enjoyed aspects of this movie. I had a lot more fun with it than I was anticipating. I think it's a much better version than the film we got in 2017 by He Who Shall Not Be Named Anymore, because he sucks. Uh, I liked that it allowed Cyborg and The Flash to feel more important to the story. I still don't love Ezra Miller's Barry Allen, but there's very little I could do about it at this point. Steppenwolf uh, played much better for me as the primary villain this time out. He also looked a hell of a lot better. He still looks like a mascot for Harry's razors, but I, I, I liked it. I liked, I liked his face. I thought they did a much better job with his face. And I love that when you spoilers, you knock his helmet off or whatever his armor is. That's just the way his head is shaped. <laughs> it's really that, neat. It's like his Wolverine hair. <laughs> yeah. So I got a much better sense of Steppenwolf's motivation throughout the story and mostly liked the way Darkseid was integrated into the film as well. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, the scenes with the Amazons 
were amazing and made me want an all-female Amazon film under a different director, of course. But there are some great there's some great dialogue in those scenes, and all of the women are buff as fuck. There's abs for days. I was all about it. All the the extra stuff that was added to those bits. I don't really remember a whole lot about uh, Whedon's Justice League, but like I I I I really liked staying with the Amazons for a while. Those scenes were amazing. Uh, what else do I have here? Uh, all of that said, this movie is so extra and so self-serious <laughs> that there are parts of it that bordered on cartoony for me. Honestly, though, I had a blast with it, and I'm not. I'm I'm fine with saying that. I know that I've given this movie a lot of guff for a long time. Please remember all of this that I said for when the gloves come off during our spoiler section, because I do have some gripes and some things to say. But honestly, overall, I had once it once it really got going for me and that particularly happened with the Amazon scenes from then on, Mm. I was having a really good time on the ride. It was uh, it was an experience. So that's me. Mm hmm. Joey, why don't you give me your yeah. thoughts? I'm I'm with you. I actually l- really, really had a great time watching it. Um, I had a really, really great time watching it because I opened a bottle of wine and I was like, I'm going to make a day of this because it's a day. It's four hours. It's four, four plus hours. It It is a I, 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 let me say this first. I'm glad they released it in one chunk. I don't think even thinking like where the, the, the chapter breaks are, cause it's split up into like five or six chapters. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would have operated as, as nice episodes to want to come back to. I just, I think that you need to watch it in as single a sitting as possible, because like you said, it is so extra. It is truly a director's cut. Snyder shot a three, and a half hour movie. And of course in 2017, if he had had the time to finish this movie, they probably would have cut it down to two and a half and, you know, by maybe not using slow motion, some places and trimming some chants and songs, you know, the, 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 it probably would have been able to hit that two and a half hour marker. And I'm telling you right now, and this is what I said a couple of weeks ago when I watched justice league again, and we've been talking about this, look, there's no excusing the kind of, toxicity around the discourse around, you know, Snyder cut, Snyder cut, Snyder cut a year and a half ago. Once this thing was announced and it became clear that the reason why HBO and Warner brothers were doing this was because it was a pandemic. No one was going to the theaters. They had this cut of a film that they knew would get subscriptions for their new service. And there was a groundswell for it. I think the, the cards aligned, the, the, sorry, the stars aligned, the cards were on the table for Snyder to get the chance to release this cut. Um, and he did it with very little edits. You get the whole thing. Uh, and it's a more cohesive film. It's a better ride. It builds on things that are set up in Man of Steel and Dawn of Superman. Here's the thing. If you aren't a fan of those two movies, there are things in this movie you're not going to be a fan of too. But ultimately, if you can kind of accept the universe that Snyder was trying to build, um, then Justice League, I think, actually capitalizes on a lot of what was set up and his Mm -hmm. versions of these characters. Now, are those the versions of these characters that some of us may want? No, right? Like we don't want, as we've talked about with other movies, 
or Wonder Woman to be doing some of the things that Wonder Woman does in the Warner Brothers DC Extended Universe. We don't want our Superman to be doing that. But they're going to do that because that's the Snyderverse that's been set up. And in this Justice League, they do those things. But at the very least, narratively, I think there's payoff. I think it. I think the the characterization at least is consistent. It's free of all of the kind of like just like it, watching the Snyder Cut. You realize the story was there, and what Whedon and Warner Brothers did to it. It, it, it's they really butchered it up it and and it's 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 if anything it's kind of an affirmation of something i said a couple of weeks ago which is like it, it, it's really unfortunate the everything that happened in 2016 and 2017 around this movie and that the studio decided hitting the release date was more important than what snyder's family was going through letting Snyder have a few months, six months, a year, whatever to, to come back to the movie or what have you. And it's really evident too. And we'll get to this in spoilers that there could have been a plan for a DC extended universe that at the very least would have been consistent and narratively interesting or, or would have, you know, made sense and 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 uh, and and worked kind of but they decided to blow it up because they wanted to hit a release date and have a name on the movie that that didn't really do what they wanted it to do um and that's unfortunate like you were saying i think the snyder cut is um i'm glad it's released i enjoyed watching it i had a good time watching it there are several things in it that i loved and i popped for like there are some things that and I don't think some of you were fans of it. So I'll be interested to talk about when we talk about it in spoilers, but like the other things that I was like, that is so cool. Um, and I'm not upset that I'm not going to get an extension of it in any future movies. I know that I'm going to blame the capitalists for it is what it comes down to. John, please. What did you think? Well, it, it there's no denying this is the, this is the most self-indulgent four hours of cinema maybe ever conceived, but I liked it. it it's, a, <laughs> it it's a better movie. Uh, this is a movie. If I walked out of it four years ago, I would have, I would have, and I would have enjoyed seeing where it goes. Uh, instead, I walked out of justice league going just flabbergasted that, that that's the movie that they released. Um, there are flaws here. There's, there's, there's issues with characterization and other story moments, um, things that I would not have done with the characters, but I enjoyed it. I, I, the four hours went quickly. Uh, I'm glad for Zack Snyder and his family that they were able to do this. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I hope that by completing this, that there is some closure and it helps with the healing that, you know, I'm sure that's a hole that will never, never fully heal. But uh, if this helps, I, I'm, I, I think that that's wonderful. Uh, it, it, it's, it's just a better version. I'm glad that Ray Fisher and Ezra Miller, um, and I know that, that both of them have offset issues, one self and self made and the other, Warner Brothers made, um, but I'm glad that they got that more screen time. 
I'm glad that there's characters mattered. Um, I want every coat Jason Momoa has in this movie. Um, because, <laughs> Even the one that the girl was smelling or was that just his shirt? That was just his shirt, but I'll take that too. Um, taking a big old whiff. <laughs> but I, I, I felt that this was the, the characters had more weight here. Um, they felt more um, in tune with what I expected. And, and it, it, it just it's a better movie it, that just the the end of it is it's what, what Whedon did and what Warner's did this it doesn't fix or make that better but this is a better experience for me mm-hmm. all right all right Aaron how about you Bob no I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> so all right so here's where I'm gonna go with this let me stretch. All right. No, um, <laughs> I agree. And let me get close up to the mic here. I agree, actually, with a lot of what was said, uh, to be honest. Um, I did have a good time watching this movie, primarily because I watched it um, with Hugh and Carolyn over uh, Google Meets, um, all syncing up our, our HBO Maxes together. Um, and, you know, with lots of snacks and M&Ms around me. Um <laughs> That being said, here's what I'll say. I I agree with a lot of what you all said. I do believe, hands down, this is a better movie. One of the statements I was making to myself during this movie was, this movie has been elevated from what I believe previously was maybe B-movie status to, you know, an actual feature film. Now, um, I also believe that it was shot better. I think it was, it took more time to develop key characters um, I think it gave us an opportunity to sort of feel the weight of what they were trying to do. Um, when I say they, I mean the team itself um, and sort of lean into it. We, we, I, I, I agree. I, I believe wholeheartedly that this was a, a much better film. So those are the positives. Some of the negatives I felt as I was watching, and maybe this isn't a negative, maybe this is an ambivalence. Um, I do feel like I probably would give this movie a few more points if this were, if you had removed the Justice League moniker from it. If you had, if maybe this were a random image team of some sort or random, you know, other team of some sort, um, I, I would have, I would have appreciated more. I even thought to myself, I would even appreciate this more if it were, say, an X-Men movie mm. um, shot this way. Um, basically because of the, and there's a couple reasons why. So as we got to, as we were watching it, one of the things that Carolyn kept saying towards the end as we were getting, you know, to, you know, wrapping up planning our retirement was <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> She felt as though, and I, I I concur with her, that she felt as though she wished she felt when they were getting to the critical scenes where you realize that things were going to turn and that the, you know, what was going to happen was going to happen, and you were going to have those those Justice Leaguey moments. She wished that she had felt the excitement that she wanted to feel mm-hmm. for those moments. Um, and she did it. And so my, I suggested, I'm like, is it possible? Do we feel as though maybe this wasn't earned? The weight mm-hmm. of this wasn't earned because it was fast-tracked 
through an inconsistent series of movies that in and of themselves didn't didn't portray themselves well and didn't build on one another. Um, and so now we have this film that wants us to sort of mire in the emotional weight of the load that they are carrying and the mission that they have to, well, the thing is I, I didn't feel that it was earned. I didn't feel, and I know you can't help, but it, compare it to the Marvel universe. But the only thing about the Marvel universe I'm going to compare it to is that it took its time to get there. I don't think that had we uh, cut those movies in half or even, you know, that we would have felt the emotional weight of Endgame. Whether you liked it or not, I feel as though so many of those things were earned. And I think mm. one of the things that Hugh said is what, as we were watching it was he can go back through the Marvel Universe and see things that had sort of played themselves out, had been earned across the time, across the, the span of those movies that um, – you can't do there's not the connective tissue between this movie and the previous movies that were were put out there there weren't things that were done to develop those characters to make you emotionally connect to them there wasn't enough given to me of barry and by the way that was not barry but of barry <laughs> to make me care as much about that you know what what his emo- his emotional arc you know, in the film was I, I, what I did feel for that character in those scenes was based on my knowledge of him from Canon comics mm-hmm. from in Canon comics. Now, again, I will circle back around and say this movie was infinitely better than the one that I actually paid money to see. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I will not deny that the structure was there. I wholeheartedly agree with the Amazon scenes were there. I think it's, a little bit uh, has a little bit of dissociative disorder in, in the sense that I, I love the emotional content that I got from the Amazon scenes, but then you'd flip to some of the other scenes and I'm like, why, what happened? Did you, yeah. Were you, yeah. Were you not, were you not caffeinated yeah. at, at that point or something? What, <laughs> were you having a bad time? Um, so, you know, that was a little difficult, you know, to sort of manage, but in the end I feel as though, okay, my last thing I'll say is, I didn't feel as though I needed to spend four hours and two minutes on my couch. If you would speed the damn movie up, oh, so that I don't have to Look, see a freaking slow motion scene. Speaking of, of him scratching his ass, I, why do I care? I mean, two, so two things. One, like I said before, I think that uh, that's the indulgence. Again, I think that it, if we had gotten this movie in 2017, 2018, I think it would have got cut down to about 2.20 or 3.30. Or sorry, 2.20 or 2.30. I think that's probably where it would have been. Probably about the length of an Avengers movie, to, to, to use the Marvel comparison. Probably about two and a half hours. Um, you know, there's stuff towards the end of this movie that they definitely shot for this release that wouldn't have been there. A lot of those slow motion things definitely would have been sped up or would not have existed either <laughs> um, too. But the other thing, Aaron, that I find really interesting about what you're saying about kind of like earning the characters and things like that is I, I wonder, you know, if we had seen this movie in 2017, our criticisms of some of these characters, I think would have been exactly the same Correct. about, you know, this isn't, this isn't Barry, this isn't Diana, this isn't Bruce, like wh- whatever, whatever, whatever our criticisms are of the characterizations, the same thing that we've been saying about Snyder's, iteration of of clark since the beginning too like there are things about it that 
you know, you like things that you don't. I think those criticisms still stand. And I don't think, I don't think the Snyder cut does anything to address those. Right. Um, because again, I think this is in that universe. Once I kind of let that happen and I was like, okay, you know, wonder woman does something very early in this movie. And we'll talk about it during spoilers. Mm. I had to resign myself and be like, that's what's going to happen in this movie. Like that's, what's going to mm. happen in this, in Snyder's, DC verse, right? And once I kind of settled into that and kind of basked in the grandeur or whatever HBO wants me to say about it, you know, like and kind of just had fun with, you know, the 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 fast and looseness of of Snyder's literally doing whatever he wanted with this movie. Um I I found things in it that I really enjoyed. You mentioned Ray Fisher and Ezra Miller's arcs in here. I actually really liked them. And I thought that there was payoff Um, uh, that at least resonated for me. I think, I think there's a great moment uh, towards the very end um, that we'll talk about in spoilers that I actually found very moving. Um, I I do have two questions. First question. Do we feel as though uh, Aquaman's arc was sort of curtailed a little bit in this movie? Well, he gets a movie. Oh yeah, well I'm just saying from from in comparison, I feel like it was sort of minimized. Well, it was yeah in, in for you yeah know, to build the others, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just it, it was something that I noticed right away. My other question is, when did Mary get an English accent? Well, that's a that's a hilarious thing too. I was wondering about that myself. <laughs> she started that, talking, and I was like, because that was uh, because th- because Aquaman came out. After, after this movie right, right. remember then, they also do like the the speech bubbles where they have to like make yeah, air yeah. bubbles in the water to talk and then and then who directed aquaman james wan, james james wan. wan. yeah, yeah. he was like forget that that's dumb so he didn't do that in in aquaman so there are okay. things that snyder has to like hold on to in the context of this movie that he's made like mara's english accent that isn't real in the in the universe going forward and we're okay so spoilers for aquaman but not really. Um, there's the big scene where he collects the trident from the old king, from the original king sitting in the big throne that he's attacked yeah. by the monster, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Didn't he just swim up to that same point in this movie? That was a statue. I thought it was, it was a statue. statue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was curious about that. I'm like, did I misunderstand that scene? But okay. Yeah, but I then also point- when they give him the trident and in Aquaman, they gave it to him when he was a kid. Yeah. It's just like James Wan just ejected everything. Even the yeah. look. I mean, Willem Dafoe look nothing like what he looks like in uh in the aquaman movie so i made carolyn laugh i said i swear willem dafoe looks like hippolyta in drag (laughs) 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 he really did they had the very same coloring and everything i think actually i think aquaman gets a lot of play in the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. rather than the middle in the end i think the middle in the end belonged to cyborg and the flash yeah. I think yeah. the beginning of the movie, you get a lot of really great Aquaman stuff. Um, but he's a true supporting character because he, yeah. every time he's in it, it's great. I mean, Jason Momoa just owns that character at this point. He does. He does. He absolutely does. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, he does. So, okay. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I 100% agree and, you know, let the nerds unite. I 100% agree that this was a better movie than the previous one, but I will say similar to, I don't know. I can't remember who said it. It was like when people talk about, you know, 
having more money doesn't make you a better person. It just makes you more of what you are. I feel as though this movie is the same thing. Having more time didn't make it a the movie that I wanted. It just made it more of what it was. Um, so I just, you know, I, it's I not Justice it. League. It's Zack Snyder's Justice. It's League. Zack yeah. Snyder's Justice yeah. League, exactly. So, um, you know, with that said, I think that again, production quality was, I think, increased. It was very clear when you see the pacing and the the connective tissue here that Whedon was just like, F this, F that. Mm-hmm. We're going to slap this here. I'm going to take this duct tape and put this over there. And, <laughs> you know, we're just going to let it rip. Go. Where's my check? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was like, where's my check? Where I, can, I, can I go now? I have yeah. a claim regarding that, but I'll wait till spoilers for that. All right. Well, there's there's something I've been holding on to for a little bit, but I want uh, I want Bob to uh you found a couple of reviews of your own you're, you're the only one who didn't get to watch yes, it correct I, I could not find someone willing to sit for four hours through a movie they hated at two and a half <laughs> well actually so, the joss whedon's only like an hour and 55 minutes trailers before it felt like three i, I hate to see it so yeah i so i have read a lot about the movie and i i can't really opine on my own because all I've seen are little clips that look still dark, darker than, than mm-hmm. the other and certainly more violent and without the context of where they go, I'll just leave it at that. But there was a, a very interesting review from the Chicago Tribune, uh, Christopher Borelli, whose whose style strikes me as when I was doing my Wonder Woman reviews It's very much out of Robert Benchley from the 1920s, <laughs> but here we go. It is the movie equivalent of a man wearing a top hat on the subway at 4 a.m. You should not approach or engage in any way, but still, you can't help wonder about what's going on there. Gotta know. Gotta know. Zack Snyder's Justice League feels like the absolute truest expression of Zack Snyder. I'm certain only four hours of footage exist, otherwise it would be five. (laughs) It is a a 14-year-old's idea of gravitas. Epic, violent, full of naughty words, told with the lyricism of a pharmaceutical ad about bloating. And more importantly for now, it's complete. Now, Or so they'd have you believe. believe. Now, the reviews have been from critics, for the most part, middling to negative. My local paper, Newsday, was a one and a half stars. It said, expanded cut of movie may be best left to fans. Mm -hmm. There There are a large number of comic professionals, Gail Simone at the top of that list, who absolutely adored it. Yeah. So I think for those who enjoy what all you guys have been saying, those who have enjoyed the Snyder version of these characters or willing to accept, uh, I'm walking into this universe and that if I put my brain on hold and say, okay, that's who that is. I can enjoy my time spent with these characters in this universe. If you're a stickler for a sunnier presentation, this is probably not going to be your cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I would I would I I don't know that I would subscribe to being on board with Zack Snyder's characterizations 100%. But I've I've gotten closer to having fun with them in uh ever since my rewatch of uh Ultimate BVS or whatever it's called. <laughs> ultimate Ultimate BS. Ultimate BS. I'll tell you. Ultimate BS edition. Ultimate I I'm really glad that I rewatched that because it really did kind of put me in the zone 
and you know give me a, a little primer to to what we were walking into here and it really did it helped me to have a bit more fun with it and to just chill out for mm-hmm. for 4 hours and just be like look you've heard the things you've already heard the thing that's probably going to set you off the most but then you're going to watch the beginning of Falcon and Winter Soldier and you're going to go, well, that argument's pretty much yeah. out the window. Yeah. yeah, we could talk about that. Um, but let's move into spoilers because I'm, I'm going to I'm going to walk right into something. I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. This is the thing. If you have not seen Zack Snyder's Justice League and watch you. It. Yeah, watch it. Watch Absolutely it. watch it. Yeah, it's it's totally worth watching. I think a star and a half is a bit harsh. I uh, think that if you want to listen to the conversation, you should stick around. And if what's not, great is if you watch it, you don't have to watch it in one sitting. If you went to the movie theater and you watched a four-hour movie, I think your response would be different. But at home, you can watch an hour and be like, all right, I'll watch the next part tomorrow or three days yeah. from now. It took me six hours to watch this four-hour movie. Sidebar. Did I ever tell you about my Justice League experience? No. Oh. I went to the Whedon movie. And with 30 minutes left, the power went out. Oh, (laughs) no. And so they said, we'll have power back this afternoon. Come back. I had to go back and watch it again just to get to the end. Oh, my God. Oh, you poor baby. (laughs) So four hours here didn't feel that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I can do a four-hour Justice League in my sleep. Watch me. All right. All right. So this is your spoiler warning. Three... Two, one. Okay, so speaking of slow motion. <laughs> so you're going first. Okay. What? I just want to point this out. There is in this in this four hour, one minute, and fifty-three second movie, <laughs> there is a total of my screen went blank. Thanks a lot. Twenty-four minutes and seven seconds worth of slow motion footage. This was it didn't put make together. Any sense. I loved it. IGN's intrepid Simon Cardi with assists by the one-man slow-motion assurance department, Matt Perslow. <laughs> I just love the way this is phrased. 24 minutes, I 7 seconds. I'm with loved Joey. It. I loved, loved it. every I second of it. I can deal with the slow-motion. What I could not deal no. with was the music. Yeah, the music. During the slow-motion. Yeah, the, the music, music so. during the slow-motion was awful. But the like, first of all, I the opening scene when like like Clark gets stabbed and he's like, ah, and he's screaming so <laughs> loud. He breaks <laughs> the mother boxes i was like that is so cool like i thought that, that was so cool <laughs> but that that was in service of the film that had an emotional impact that had an impact to the film watching jason momoa stand on the end of the pier while the water catches him from oh, well, for that like was three fake. freaking minutes i'm that like was, come uh, on my man no watching lois lane walk down the street in slow motion but she's walking with her coffee and she's like in the rain and i'm like this is this is so extra i'm like you can't do that at actual speed i'm like get the damn coffee and go but like this is the <laughs> thing like that is a scene that between snyder's rough cut and theatrical they probably would have trimmed or cut entirely right like and that's the thing snyder with this cut it is a director's cut he put every he put all of his footage into this yeah, movie like everything. the like the chicago reviewer said like he had four hours of footage that's why this movie is four hours long you know what i'm saying yeah. okay. um what killed me though is it for, on that same point i think but there were points where i feel like slow motion would have really had an emotional impact 
Mm-hmm. Martha seeing Clark alive. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been an incredibly emotional moment. But they breeze through that. Like, next scene, I was like, what? What? Yeah. The woman just saw her dead son standing in the in the field. And you just rolled right through that. But, yep, we got to see Jason Momoa's uh, muscly back on the I end mean, of the pier. Yeah. Let me tell you, I'm never going to say no to Jason Momoa's muscly back. <laughs> but now but, he is. Put my foot down. But, but I'm like... Be judicious with it. I'm like, it's almost like you stayed into the Michael Bay school of filmmaking or something like that. Like every, it really works with the does. flash, though. The, the slow motion with it the does. flash. Oh, works. the Irish, I, Irish, the Iris <laughs> West scene. Yes. Oh, that made me uncomfortable. That scene. Oh, I love this. Well, really, with like him 30. touching his hair and get, her hair and getting all invasive. Wait, while there's like ten other people uh, uh, who are about to be killed by well, the truck, yeah. while he's with <laughs> the hot dog in his pocket. I had a problem with him touching his face and getting all like. Up in there while she's in midair and he's eating hot dogs and stuff. Okay. He got the hot dog for the puppies. I no, know no, no, no. he does. <laughs> well, but this is the thing, and this is this is what Snyder does, right? He works in tropes and he works in kind of recognizable visual cues, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you establish in a thirty-second scene a relationship that is ostensibly going to be followed up on in a movie that? I want to remind you was going to be five years down the road from when this movie was happening, right? The flash movie was announced for like 2022 when this movie was coming out in 2017. And you have this very, very easy to read moment where Barry Mm -hmm. in slow motion sees beautiful Iris West flying in, in slow motion. Right. Um, Because you don't have a script and you don't have space in the film to build that relationship out any further mm. my also point felt like the half smile on her face while she was flying out of her car was a little bit funny to me i don't know yeah, she saw he saw him he, she saw him. my point was aside from like those added scenes like the iris west moment um and 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 some extensions to some of the scenes like the amazon scene that y'all were talking about before the overarching kind of plot and and conflict of Snyder's film, we didn't actually like took every other bullet point from the storyboard, mm-hmm. and you can kind of map it out very cleanly. I was surprised at how much of the kind of overall narrative of the movie was the same, um, stretched out and extended and developed in a much better, more cohesive way. But ultimately, you have the same movie. There's mother boxes. Steppenwolf comes down. He wants them. And the Justice League assembles, revives Clark to kick his ass and, and stop it from happening. That is, the, that is the same movie you get here. But right. the addition of Darkseid, the mm-hmm. extension of these various scenes, it just, I think, lands better. Steppenwolf makes more sense when you add in the kind of motivation that he has to get these mother boxes the fact that the mother boxes are broken because of clark everything is making more sense right the reason why they choose to revive clark is 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 built up better right um and actually some of the things that snyder very clearly added into the film complicated in some ways like when martha becomes martha manhunter right like that is a moment. That is a moment that is very clearly added in post, and probably was not in the original cut because it doesn't make sense there. It doesn't. No, he, it never- he, I think he laces it in because he wants to have that cliffhanger ending where Martian Manhunter shows up at the end. But 
I, I think that overall, I was surprised at how 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 closely the narratives still are the same. Well, the Martian Manhunter, that means that that character just sat back and did nothing in all of Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman when he right. could have been contributing. I mean, it was, yeah, it that's was an addition. Was, that's an added. Yeah, it was, yeah added that, that was, I mean, the whole, and the whole end of the movie is the add on self-indulgent part. But I think the addition of Darkseid and giving Steppenwolf not sympathy, but a little bit more depth into what, what he's trying to accomplish. I think that added a lot more to that. Um, just to the overarching story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, he was so one dimensional in the, in the, the first version that uh, I just think any sort of characterization helped there. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think of the, uh, this is probably skipping way ahead to some of the dark side stuff, but what did you think of the anti-life equation being a part of this story? Was that ev- at all in the Whedon cut? No, none okay. of that is. No, and I think, and honestly, I think that was too. That was too deep of a dive for. If that was a casual fan, they have no concept of what that is. Yeah, yeah I was watching this uh, with Bronwyn naturally, and she like looked at me, and I'm like, "All right, hold on a minute, I'll, I'll pause it. What's up?" <laughs> and she's just, "What is the anti-life equation?" And I said, "I don't know, and I don't think that DC knows." It's a mathematical equation that removes all free will from its the person. Uh, So whoever owns, whoever controls the anti-life equation, can control all life. Yeah. Okay. You don't put that in. No, you don't put that in here. No. What's interesting is it was done better in the animated series, though. You liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it when he punches in the ground, and then there's just all this red stuff, and I was like, "What the hell?" Oh, that that? was yeah. Well, that was cool. That part was cool. And then there's that scene where like they flash forward, and like he sees the future, and Darkseid uses his like laser eyes, and it goes. Yeah, yeah, I like all like, that stuff. Omega that beams was cool. The Omega Beam, yeah. yeah. I popped hard for all of that stuff. I thought <laughs> it was keep so saying wow. that. What the? Wow. <laughs> yeah. What was the other part that you popped for? Oh, I popped. You, you messaged everybody. I popped for that. You spoiled the movie. No spoilers. No spoilers. I, I, no spoilers. <laughs> the thing I spoiled for everybody was like Wonder Woman kills a dude. Like straight up kills, kills like two. six kills dudes. Two. Like and like not even like accidentally like she throws a guy's head into a wall yep. and it okay. explodes but so that was my spooler sorry i spooled it um, hey man sam sam kills like nine oh, people sam kills the like, oh yeah sam kills like 60 dude he throws a dude into a, a soldier so is diana not- she's a warrior yeah, no no anyway no, the thing I'm, that I'm, I loved was the nightmare scene at the end. I thought that was the coolest oh my God. thing. I oh, did. you're off I the podcast. So cool. Get out of here. I'm tapping like, out of that one. Well, like cool in the sense of I was like, this is so ridiculous. And but again, it's something that like is alluded to in Batman versus Superman. It was dumb then because it made no sense then. But you see, like, oh, there was a plan. And I was saying off air that like in an alternate universe, we would be getting justice league Two nightmare rising or whatever the hell. And that scene or that iteration, that universe would be what we would be getting right now. And I think our complaints and criticisms of the universe and of the characters and all that stuff, I think would still be true. Like Batman's up there and he's like, he's got a big ass gun and he's like, 
F this, F that. Like, I'd be like, that is so dumb. Like, why would Batman do that? Why is he hanging out with the Joker? But here in my mind, when I'm like, there's no future for this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, all right, yeah. Snyder, do your thing. Like, show me, show me what nightmare would have looked like. Like, build it out a little bit. Show me this, like, you know, this like ragtag Justice League at <laughs> the, the end of days. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is, and like Mara's there with like jugs of water that she has to like carry around. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I thought it was like funny, but like not in like I think intentional funny way, but like. I I loved it. I thought at that point in the movie, I'd finished the bottle of wine and I was just like, go for it, Snyder. Like, do whatever you want. Like, I, I show it to me. And and I, I had a good time with it. I loved Were it. Were you able to see it? It was barely in focus. <laughs> I thought, what are you talking about? I loved it. It was like, a it, oh, so good. The epilogue so good. is the most self-indulgent part of this movie because it's going nowhere. There is no future for this. He got $70 million, and that's what he shot. He didn't fluff anything else up. He shot an ending. Whoa. Well, that, that we know of. With the, I mean, the, the, popping. I mean, good the Lord, Joker did want to do a reach around, but. Um, oh, good Lord. <laughs> that, I mean, that, that I, what, as I said off air, the ending should have been when they, they all are there looking at the sun rising end. End the movie that's what there. I thought was going to happen. I, yeah. I wish that was the end. But that's what it would have been. And that's what it should have been. But Snyder has the opportunity to put the cap on his movie arc that he's not going to be able to make the second and third movie. And I don't think he wants to, and I don't think he will. Uh, and he sets up this nightmare thing in Batman vs Superman that he wanted to revisit. Now, here's the thing. I was watching the third act of this movie when they're in russia doing their fight right and in the in the abandoned nuclear reactor and i was like oh snap like this is when it's gonna happen like they're gonna lose ezra gets shot with the laser and he's like i can't i can't do it i'm sorry just give me a second and i was like i got emotional i was like oh my god he can't do it he's not gonna do it and he and i I thought he wasn't gonna do it and we were gonna like flash forward to nightmare zone and we were going to be in Nightmare Zone and we were going to see this world where the Justice League lost and it was going to be awful. Mm. And and Bruce is like, Flash, this is your opportunity. Redemption. Go back. Tell me in this moment that we need to do this differently. And then we'd flash back and, and beat Steppenwolf and we'd Flashpoint. look at the sunset, right? That's what I thought was going to happen. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, where is this nightmare stuff going to happen? And then it happened in this stupid epilogue. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Whatever. Like we are throwing narrative consistency to the wind. Who cares? But like, I, I thought like, look, you want to, you want to put a button on that nightmare stuff. Take us back to that world. Give us a little tease of what could have been. And let's go on. Let's move on from there. Listen, no. just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. I mean, exactly. But he could. But he could. It was, it was this. just, I didn't. I think it frustrated me a little bit because it didn't there was no payoff for it to, for me. There was no reason for it. You know, I may not have been as annoyed by it if it had happened midway through the movie or some yeah. earlier portion in the movie where it is clearly a nightmare. It is clearly something it is a stake. You know, there are stakes of of if Barry isn't able to do what he needs to do. That you know, these are speaking to the stakes of what could happen, and this makes Bruce a little bit more anxious, and this makes the team a little bit more, you know, motivated, and the drama is yeah. ratcheted up. But as a throwaway yeah. scene at the end of the movie, we got none of that. Yeah, I right. agree with that. So, as yes, the way yeah. Joey described it, it would have worked. The way they did it, it doesn't. 
it it's it's pointless. So you know, I, what's I, pointless I, to me is Martha Manhunter. That's pointless. All to right, me. Joey, can you take this over for a minute? I got a I got a work thing that I got to take yeah, care yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see, let's see, let's see. Just on a sidebar, do you know that Amy Adams and Diane Lane are only eight years apart? Yeah, yeah, they it's really, hysterical. It cracks yeah. me up. Yeah, I but like that's the thing. Like I love their scene. I love the scene yeah. in the cornfield. All that stuff. The added thing where Martha walks out the door and she's like turns into Martian Manhunter. I'm like that is not necessary. Um, and the Martian Manhunter at the end too. It's like that is not. Mm-hmm necessary it's not a thing that's needed i think it's you you, you run into something very interesting here where it's like what is this supposed to be right Right. it 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 is a director's cut of the justice league and i think 85 90 percent of this is a snyder director cut of justice league uh like i said the narrative hues pretty closely there's extended scenes there's different scripts there's better effects it makes more sense all that stuff and then there's these little things that he adds on the nightmare epilogue, the epilogue to the epilogue, um, <laughs> the little Martian Manhunter stuff in there too. That is that self-indulgence. That is that look, mm. you're not going to be able to make your justice league. Here's a few million dollars, a lot of million dollars actually. And uh, do what you want with it. Um, I am still convinced that it is the end. I know that Steve has different opinions, but uh that, that's that's what I think. There, I don't. It's think, not. Mm, I don't think Warner's is going back to the well here. I don't know what to believe anymore. Is kind of my point about that. I don't know if they're actually going to happen. But honestly, with as much noise that was made, I do. I do think that there's a lot to be said for your uh, thing that you said, Joey, about like the pandemic being a factor. HBO Max needing something to boost their subscription numbers, and this yeah. was kind of the perfect thing to do that. The only world I think where you get more of this is on HBO max. Yeah. I don't think they're Mm going to take it to the cinema because they have a slate of films that they're producing that are doing different things. Ta-Nehisi Coates is making a Superman movie and that is going to get Warner brothers a lot more attention than if Snyder gets to do another justice league. Um, quite frankly, it, it, noise on the on the Twitterverse aside, right? Especially as Bob was reading the reviews before we went into spoilers, <laughs> this movie isn't breaking any critical bank either, and that's the reason why Warner Brothers pulled the plug on Snyder's Justice League to begin with, right? right? And and one of the reasons, uh, granted, again, Snyder had to leave that, and that's why, again, as we were saying before, it's we're, I, I agree with John. I, I'm very happy that. Snyder was able to to find closure in doing this. And I think you in reading interviews with him, you really get that sense. Like this was something that was really eating away at him um, and had been for years. So in that sense, I'm like, you know, good. Like I'm, I'm glad, but Warner brothers, the reason why they butchered Batman versus Superman. And the reason why they brought in Whedon and butchered justice league in 2017 is because those movies were not critical darlings. Yeah, I don't think they can financially make money just going to HBO Max with the amount of money it would take to to direct, you know make another Justice League with this cast and just go to HBO Max. I don't think it's financially viable, and that's the bottom line when it comes to Warner. That's what I. That's yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. 
I think, listen, I think in the end, I think there are people that should be very happy that this movie was made. I think all those people, you know, toxic as you are, that got online and, and did all the things that you did and said all the things that you said to get this version out there, you should be proud. I mean, you should be happy that it's out there. It, it did what it was intended to do. You got to see this version of it. Fine. I, mm-hmm. I still think this version of it being what it is, is, is not the best depiction of this team of superheroes, mm-hmm. but it is a, a much better made movie. And, and I'm more than willing to compromise and say that it's a much better made movie. It's a much better, um, Sort of, it's out. I'm going to say this much better paced movie. Um, Mm -hmm. It did give a little bit more, well, give a lot more breathing room uh, to sort of set up what would ultimately be the culmination of all the 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 struggle. I, I, you know, what there there were things that were gained from this. I don't think anyone. I don't think I, as a movie lover, a a comic book movie lover, and a comic book reader, would like to see this extended. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I want to see this characterization be, let me, I'm sorry, let me clarify that statement. I don't know if I would like this characterization of these characters to be primary. Um, If there is some sort of alternate discussion, I I am on board. Um, I, I think there were liberties taken with the, the characters that just, prevent it from finally landing as a justice league movie. Um, and although they were entertaining to watch at times in the end, it's difficult. To, it really does come across. Okay. I'm going to say this is might be controversial. I don't think there is much room between this and the 2015 FF movie in terms of the mm-hmm. characterizations, the differences in the characterizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's troubling to me. But again, I will say if this were, if you were to insert another team here or even made up a team, I think it would have been a, a different, yeah. I, I might've taken it differently because my expectations would have been set differently. Well, the other right. thing is you, you go, there's, there's night and day between this and Aquaman and one Roman 84. Like mm-hmm. those, the characters are in much different places yeah. now. And I think if you tried to come back and like, oh, we're doing Justice League 2, but it's in the Snyder iteration, like I think Warner Brothers has consciously moved away from that for all the reasons I laid out before. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a perfect storm of reasons for why this Snyder cut exists at all. Um, Not that director's cuts don't and and haven't existed before. We've mentioned it before on the show, the Donner cut of Superman 2, right? Um, and I was talking off air that they tried to extend that when they did Superman returns and that also did not play out well for, in terms of reception either. Right. Um, so I think that, I think that Warner brothers has this great. They're going to move on. They're going to try different things. Batman's doing something else with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. It, it's happening. Like those things are happening. Wonder Woman 84 happened, right? Like there's no walking it back there. Um, they might find ways to rework some of these characters and move them along, but I think like let's do Nightmare again. I don't think that's happening. Yeah, yeah. And they can always pop up in the Flash because the Flash is going all multiverse. Exactly. With Michael Keaton and and uh, well, is, is, maybe maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, Michael Keaton uh, apparently has a lot on his plate and is unsure about uh, participating in the Flash movie. They never signed him. They reported it like they did, 
but they never officially signed him, and he is having second, third, and fourth thoughts about doing it. <laughs> Ruin it. I wanted to Do you see really him. need him in that movie? I want to see Michael Keaton in the bat suit again. 19, <laughs> 1989's Batman is a seminal piece of work that had a profound impact on my life, and to see him in that suit again would have been a joy and a delight. You say that. I do but- say that. But now that's not happening. I probably don't care. It's no, no, no. It it could happen. I don't know that he's willing to commit to what they have planned. If they're looking to make him some kind of like repeat cameo, old man Bruce, you know, operating out of the tower. Honestly, with the baggage around Ezra Miller, I'm not even sure that movie should go forward. There's a lot of things, and and yeah, I think that. I think that they are getting a lot more buzz with things like where Tanasi Coates is running a Superman yeah. movie, and I think they're getting a lot more buzz with um, doing Blue Beetle. Is that what they were talking about? Blue Beetle, yeah. yeah. And then you got Rocks, Black uh, Adam, Adam, and all that. Yeah, yeah, like those are like those are things that that I think people are getting excited. Oh, that's over. right. Uh, Emerald Fennel, who wrote and directed Promising Young Woman, yeah. is writing the Z- the Zatanna movie. Exactly, yeah. and I think that that's, I think that that's where they're going to go. Especially, and this is something that links our two conversations tonight together. Cinema's changing, right? Mm-hmm. And then the way that theater, the theater, the way that movies and these tentpole movies are are operating, I think, is changing. And I think the the pandemic has a lot to do with that, and the fact that, like. Things that are dominating the, the 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 dirt sheets right now are TV shows, and I think yeah. that Warner Brothers and HBO, I think they're going to start thinking about like, well, we got all these secondary characters that are going to be cheaper to produce, and all of that, and there might be a market for that on these other places, and who knows? So I think that I think that over the course of the next couple of years, the things that are announced and the things that we get excited for, and the things that are going to be hit in theaters are going to be a little bit different than we're used to. Yeah. Right on. Uh, does anybody else have anything big that they want to share or anything else they want to share about the movie at all? I think I've kind of, I have other things out. that I could say, but I don't want to, I don't want to go negative. I really, I, I really did enjoy the movie a lot. So do we want to move over say, to final thoughts? I, I will oh, say go ahead, Aaron. as a rec- no, as a recommendation, this is positive. I will say as a recommendation, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie with, you know, with people and being able to have that, that conversation, that interaction and talking about the And as we were going through the whole four hours, talking about the things that, you know, we actually appreciated and, and enjoyed and the, the things that we did. And I can honestly say that having that, those sounding boards there while watching, um, literally in real time made me see certain scenes a little bit differently than maybe I would have on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I would recommend that if you watch it sort of, well, you know, watch it with friends, watch it with someone who will, you know, be able to engage, you know, in that conversation and understand where your joys come from at certain scenes and then understand where your, you know, your passionate responses come from in other scenes and be able to have that dialogue because I think it will enrich your viewing. And of, of a bottle of wine. Well, there's that. And the <laughs> Skype thread. No spoolers. <laughs> I flat out muted our chat when you did that. <laughs> I, like, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to spool it. I was like, Joey nope. coming in with the reveal. Like, I went full on cancel notifications. Yep. I was like, done. I was saying that for Bob's sake because I knew he would be upset about it. <laughs> all right. Oh, Is that all we got? That's all we got. It's a good time. Go watch. Go watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's here. It's uh, it's worth it's worth taking the journey. I was pleasantly surprised 
by how much fun I had with it. And uh, get some, like, like they said, get get together with friends and just have a good time. Just let go. Let it let it go real slow. Don't All resist. Right. Don't resist. Shh. Just be quiet. Okay. All right. Okay. That's <laughs> a, we got uh, we got some some listener reactions here to both uh, Falcons and Soldiers and uh, the Snyder cuts. So let's see. Ba-ba-ba-da-ba. Brian Delaney says loved it. Watched it in one sitting last Friday night. Is it perfect? No. Does it have some awkward moments? Yes. Is it still a pretty epic movie with some great story and action beats? And then it just stops. Um, oh, it is still a pretty... I made that sound like a question. It wasn't a question. I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> My tone was off. Tom Zim says, This version fills in a lot of gaps, removes horrendous and inexcusable dialogue, introduced the villain, updated the visuals, the story beats uh, that were very similar to 2017, the shell was visible. It sets up a Superman story arc that I want to see finished. Very cool. Uh, human boob, boom tube, which is Greg Hulk Beast. I love that name. Uh, I enjoyed it more than I expected uh, to. It's a much more cohesive narrative. It still suffers from some poor dialogue, odd character choices, and unearned narratives from BVS. I did love the cyborg aspect. Uh, much more, and a, it was a well-rounded performance from Barry. CGI was still low. Uh, let's see. We have Abdul. Abdul says, hashtag uh, Ray Fisher is our cyborg. Uh, was the best part. Restore mm-hmm. the Snyderverse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was great. He definitely got a lot more time in this, and uh, that was nice to see. Joseph. Matthew says HBO Max uh, had trouble losing Justice League, and I am not losing any sleep over that. I'm not sure that I get that. Uh, but the Falcon and Winter Soldier, that was the fastest 50 minutes of film uh, I needed. Oh, I need so much more. Okay. Um, Pete Stathis says Snyder Cut was better than I thought it was going to be. Very simply put. I like it. Mm-hmm. Adam. Adam sent in two. Cyborg had more to do, but still undeserved. Uh, His personality was angry and sad only. Also, I think the extreme mob-like fans insisted on four hours, so they got four hours, when a two-hour and uh, and two-and-a-half-hour Snyder cut could have been great. We don't need three establishing shots per scene or extended tea-making. Oh, that reminds me. <laughs> Fuck you, Alfred Pennyworth. I usually love you. You were an asshole mansplaining to friggin' Wonder Woman how to make tea. Chill out. Anyway, okay. overall, I hated that oh, scene. Damn. I hated Alfred in this movie. He's British. So much. So tea is a trigger for Steve. Noted. <laughs> I like no, that Alfred, <laughs> Alfred being a dick in this movie was a trigger for me. Overall, I think that it was a better told story than uh, we got a few years ago. It made me a little, it made a little more sense. I decided to pull a Steve uh, and write down a few things during the movie. Here are my thoughts. Justice League. Here we go. Did Wonder Woman kill the men in the museum? Question mark. She certainly did. did. At least two, maybe more. Uh, Alfred is golden, all caps. I disagree, but this is your this is your time, Adam. So there you Over go. Over tea. Look, do you remember that scene? 
I remember that scene. Jeremy Irons is awesome as Alfred. And I don't like him. I don't like him as Alfred in this movie. And And my mistake, this is actually, this list is uh, coming from Kenyatta Poe uh, that wrote in on email. My mistake. Go ahead, John. No, I'm just saying I loved I loved Jeremy Irons as Alfred. I, yes, he tried to mansplain T because he's a British pompous ass. He always has been. He also pulls a Martha in this movie where he talks to Bruce and gives him some really terrible advice. So I I like Jeremy Irons. I liked Jeremy Irons as Alfred in the other movies. I did not care for him here. That's just me. First of all, who's cleaning the damn house if he's on missions all the time? Right. Uh, we got a few more to go here. So three. Uh, sucks that the women with the hammers had to get stuck. Uh, had to what? Oh, had to get stuck they got doors stuck away that, from yeah. the exit. Yeah, it's by design. <laughs> um, man, when they were taking out those pillars, those abs, woof. Uh, would it have been better to use an actual actor as Steppenwolf compared to CGI? Maybe a guy in a costume? I think, again, I think it looked better this time. Uh, poor janitor with the family at Star Labs. <laughs> Ryan Choi. have a loincloth? That's a good question. Was there like a uh, Stephen Dong or something? Jesus. Loves, loves Barry as the comic relief. Love that Bruce uh, and Diana dynamic. I ship them. Oh, I'll also say for myself that I like that Bruce seemed to have learned a lot from his experience with Superman. Look, that yes, yes. What yeah. he learned in that carried over to this movie. There were a couple of times where he showed some maturity in this movie. And I, I really dug that. Uh, not a f- watched all of his friends get beat down by the Kryptonian while he sat behind those cars. Yeah. That- <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. I was like, where's Bruce? I was like, cause his friends are getting beat. To he the was ground. scared. He was scared. Clark kicked his ass in the last movie. <sighs> all right. Kenyatta says not a fan of the cyborg CGI. Sometimes it looks really bad. Uh, more lighting in the cave is needed. Mara puts all the responsibilities of stopping Steppenwolf on Aquaman. Seems a bit much. Martian Manhunter? Nice. Batplane uh, levels half a city. <laughs> Entire team leveling the city. Batman and guns? Lots of question marks and uh, exclamation points. Batman in a tank. That was such a tease. That that thing at the end was such a tease when he rolls that thing out. I thought we were going to get to see it in action. Uh, last one. Uh, does no one have a speck of kryptonite? No. Um, I don't know where the kryptonite is anymore. Kryptonite's mm. in a museum. I like. I also uh, we didn't mention it, but but one of the one of the responses did about uh, the Ryan Troy kind of Adam oh, tease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought was yeah. really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier has something similar with uh, uh, Joaquin Torres, Torres yeah. as who ultimately becomes the 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 Falcon in the comics for a little while too. So like, I like that. I like kind of building out the the characters uh, and the universe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I the other thing about the bat plane is like they spend the whole movie like we got to get this plane flying and then they get to Russia and the first thing that happens is the plane crashes and I was like that is so funny I thought that was so funny I don't know if it was intentional but I was like for three hours they were like this plane doesn't fly and then they get to Russia and then it just crashes right into the ground (laughs) we have one more reaction Uh, this is for Falcon and Winter Soldier this is from Adam says blessed TV writers who are competing with a wild 10 minute air battle with four helicopters probably cost more than other shows are budgeted for in a season. It was amazing. Although they clearly ran out of money for the last scene at a pillar in frame that says Washington, right? (laughs) Uh, And Meg's 
Also, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but she uh, also dug uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier quite a bit. So it was a good week. Good week for comics. Good week. Yeah. yeah. Thanks everybody for writing in, for tweeting us, for emailing us your thoughts. We appreciate it. Hey, all right. So um, we've been having a few technical difficulties tonight, so we're just gonna run right into our uh, what we're looking forward to this week. Feels a little anticlimactic for all the talk <laughs> we just did. Should I do that again? No, no. that's fine. No, it's fine. fine. All right, all right, all right. Uh, blah blah blah, Bob. Are you are you you said before we started recording that it was a grim week for you comic book wise. You picking anything up? Miskatonic number five. That's it. <laughs> nice. What is happening? Five week month. As a five yeah. week, there's a lot of changes happening to a lot of like the DC stuff. It's hard to, it's hard to changes. Bear, bear. Joey, what are you picking up? Uh, Bitter Roots coming back. Uh, definitely picking up Bitter Root number eleven. Firefly, brand new verse, one of the spinoffs from what Greg Pak's been doing over there too at Boom. I'll definitely check that out. Um, Batman vs. Uh, not Batman vs. Superman. Batman slash Superman number sixteen. Gene Luen Yang uh, and Ivan Rice taking over that one. So probably pick that one up. Um, for anybody that's been checking out Tanahasi Coates' Black Panther for the last four or five years, his penultimate issue is coming out this week. Black Panther number 24, 25 is going to be the end of that next month. So I'll probably start catching up with that. Um, and there's a graphic novel from boom called scene, which is uh, going to be about elevating, um, uh, you know, trailblazing women across history uh, as well. So I'll, I'll definitely be reading that one too. Nice. Uh, John, what are you picking up? Uh, action comics, 10 or 1029, uh, Batman, Superman, 16 detective, 1034, which is the, uh, Tamaki and Dan Mora jumping on that. Ooh. Uh, black Panther, 24 cable, nine Excalibur, 19 miles Morales, 24 and power Rangers five. Right on. Uh, Aaron, how about you? Um, oh, first let me put my glasses on Excalibur, 19, uh, I'm definitely also going to pick up Miles Morales 24. Uh, Once in Future 17, I believe, comes out. Yep. Um, I have a star next to Teen Titans Academy. Mm-hmm. I always like to give Teen Titans like at least one try because they're just one of my favorite teams. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. So I'm going to give it at least one issue and see what happens. All right. Um, Barbalian, uh, I didn't pick up issue four, so I'm going to pick up four and five. Um, and then, uh, Invincible starts on Friday. So I'm probably going to read a little bit of Invincible, just sort of wet my whistle and sort of prepare myself for the show. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Like I said, I should be done about retirement age. Yeah. <laughs> it's only 190 is, issues of that. Yeah. Jesus. I have a whole bunch of those like oversized hardcovers downstairs. I should dig those out. What um are they? So that drops on Friday. Is that a is that a bingeable whole season or just an episode? I doubt it. it. I, from what I'm seeing, it looks like it's it's going to be maybe a couple of episodes that that drop. Okay, I think. Um, I was only able to do like a quick cursory look, but I didn't see the listing of all the episodes. So I only saw like maybe two right. episodes listed. And that's on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, some of us will probably check that out over the weekend and bring that to the show next week. So if any of you want to go uh, check that out, tell us your thoughts or, you know, just listen in so you don't have to worry about spoilers or whatever uh, next week. And as for me, uh, I've already picked up Harley Quinn number one and Teen Titans Academy number one. 
I held off on Detective and Batman Superman. But now that y'all are picking them up, I might have to go in and grab those two. I'm just a little worried about getting onto too many DC books. Mm. Um, there's some stuff in the wind right now. And uh, I just question how long I'm going to be able to hold on to all of these. Because I've been dipping my toe into quite a few pools since the relaunch. And I know that some of them are going to have to wait. Uh, I have also, also have Cable number nine, Excalibur number nineteen, Better Route eleven, Once in Future number seventeen, and Stray Dogs number two <laughs> comes out. We're gonna find out if any of the dogs get it. Aww. I don't think they will. I think everything's gonna be fine. Nope. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jess, you. stay away from this book. <laughs> and now Aaron too, with I'm your very your mostly crowd. connected to that now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You're gonna you're gonna fall in love so hard if you haven't already. Oh, this isn't my first dog, by the way. I, no, I, I know, but you know, dogs, but, oh, yeah, new I'm animal. All... It's you, when once that bond gets going. Oh, yeah. That's what first time working. comes up to the bed and is like, "Yo, let me get some of that." <laughs> all right, some good sleeping space. She's adorable. She's sitting there. Yeah. Did you post the picture yet? I have not. I'm oh, gonna... you gotta post the picture. We gotta show everybody. I Sorry, that. I love dogs. <laughs> All right. Um, does anybody have any closing statements that they would like to share? I do. Go ahead, Joey. The floor is yours. I don't. I don't want to take the room down. Uh, but uh, uh, last week, <clears throat> last week, just after the organization Stop AAPI Hate, Asian American Pacific Islander Hate, posted a report saying hate crimes against Asians and Asian Americans in the U.S. had gone up a lot over the last year for various reasons. Uh, gunmen entered several Asian-owned and operated businesses outside Atlanta and shot and killed eight people, six of whom were Asian women. Um, it's disgusting and disturbing and a reminder of both the long history of violence against the Asian community, as well as the fact that language can be just as violent and has consequences. Uh, we talk on the show all the time about representation and erasure and it sucks. Like it sucks. And I'm already hearing the new shift. I'm already hearing the narrative shift immediately. Um, and to all of my Asian brothers and sisters out there, I know you are shaken as I am and I'm tired to um, the struggle continues. The work goes on, but it's days like last Tuesday that make it real hard. Uh, I hope you all had some friends who reached out and caught you last week. I know I did. Um, and if not, I'm here for you. Um, and, and we're all listening. Uh, my heart goes out to y'all. And my heart goes out to the people in Boulder, Colorado community that also today is reeling from another fucking shooting too. So yeah. uh, it's it's just enough, man. Like I can't I can't do it. And I hate to bring the room down, but like, no, man. We, you know, we love you, man. It's, it's the stuff needs to be said. You know, you can't sweep this kind of thing under the carpet. Well, mm. First of all, you're not the one bringing the room down. It's those assholes that are bringing the, the world down. Yeah, it's so a good point. You're just yeah. pointing the light at them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our love, you know, to, to, to listeners and to you, Joey, of course. And uh, man, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I, I, I'm at such a loss with this stuff, you know. All right. Now that I've brought the room down, I'm going to bring <laughs> it back up. We've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcasttalkingcomicbooks.com. 
We are also on Twitter at Talking Comics. And hey, we've got TalkingComicBooks.com where you can find reviews and features from our fantastic contributors. If you like this podcast, be sure to go and check out Ladies of Valhalla as well as the Progressively Horrified podcast. And hey, look, we have a 500th episode coming up in just a little while. And we want to hear from you. If you email us, podcast.talkingcomicbooks.com, email us an audio file, please, MP3 or wave only, and send us like a two-minute thing, like telling us what you love about the show, congratulations for 500, ask us questions, whatever whatever you like. We're going to listen to them, we're going we're to screen them, we're going to vet them, and then we're going to put together a show where we answer all your questions and uh, we talk to you in a nice orderly pre-recorded fashion <laughs> it'll make it a lot easier on everybody trust me and uh let's see so bob where can our listeners find you still at old-fashioned email bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. all right joey i'm not on social media anymore i deleted them from my phone so you could contact me joey at talkingcomicbooks.com. You'll be back. I don't know. I'm trying real hard. I'm trying. Real I commend hard. you, man. That's good stuff. Between good last week and then I knew that the weekend was going to be crazy with the, the Snyder cut and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I was just like, I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. I don't want it. It's just too much. All right. All right. Well, Godspeed to you. I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> I wish that I could uh, just cut all that stuff. Cut the, it would be great. Pull the plug. Uh, all right. Uh, where was I here? Uh, Aaron. You can find me on Friendster at Aaron. <laughs> underscore- <laughs> Sorry. Zenga. <laughs> Aaron J. Amos on CompuServe. No. Uh, on PuppyDate.com. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> uh, that's it. John, how about you? Morse code in the middle of Iowa. Oh, boy. <laughs> What's your Twitter handle, John? <laughs> John. <laughs> and, like, just, John. <laughs> just do it. John P. Burkle. I am at a dead underscore anchoress. And then, of course, there is Sarah at Geek Country Lady. Jessica is Jarska. And Bronwyn is Shiny Baby B for all of the things. So for Bob. Avengers Assemble. Nice. <laughs> for Joey. Oh, shouldn't we have a league of our own? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> for Aaron. Uh-huh. <laughs> John. Martha. Where did you say that name? Martha Manhunter. Martha Manhunter. <laughs> Damn it. I gotta change the title to the episode now. All right. No, that's a spoiler. <laughs> it is a spoiler. Listen, everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Talking Comics podcast. We'll be back in your ears next week. Same time, same chat. What? Nothing. I don't want to be in someone's ears. <laughs> Jesus. Oh listen, we're going to talk at you another time. If you listen, if you if you don't listen to it, I wouldn't blame you at this point because this has been unruly as hell. Joey's got to go pop off somewhere. Yeah. You better edit all this out. This is all. No, this is staying. Once it's just a damn all over somebody's face. Oh, this is all staying. This is the this is the talking comics cut. Release the talking comics cut. I told you to get an OnlyFans account. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week on the Talking Comics podcast to be continued. <laughs> Jesus. <Christ. laughs>
last time that he was cool with people was when Jess and uh, Sarah and Dan were here visiting. That was the last time that he was good with other people being in the house. After that, he turned. Hmm. Is it that everyone's in the house all the time, maybe? You know, that now with lockdown? I don't know. I mean, maybe, but like, he just, he's very, he's very particular. He doesn't like closed doors. Uh he doesn't like it when people like the guest room is also Bronwyn's get ready in the morning room. And he just, he likes to have the run of the house. And if you have somebody staying in that room and you shut sure. that door yeah. on him, he is not happy. And if they happen to open that door, he will come in and he will slash. <laughs> he hisses, he gets all weird and we just, it's too much uh, stress for him. Yeah. So we, we just keep him in the bedroom and he loves it in there. We, you know, Clean and make sure his litter box is clean. Clean it, you know, every uh, probably twice a day. All his food, a couple of toys. I bought him CBD cat treats like two weeks ago. Doesn't want to touch him. Doesn't want to touch him. I crushed him up. I put him in his cookies. Barely ate those too. I was like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" He's straight edge. You have you have arthritis. <laughs> you have arthritis. I'm offering to get you high, and you don't want to do it. So, but he's adorable. <laughs> 